As you guys know, transparency is at the heart of everything we do here at the Color Plane Podcast. So we are revealing today our third owner. He has been with us for a very long time. Jackie also happens to be one of our best friends. He does, yeah. We've known this man sitting on our right for quite some time and we've grown up together. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool to have him in the room now and have him a part of what we're doing at Color Plane. So um, with no further ado, Tom, thank you for joining us. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's cool to be here. Um, obviously, yeah, been friends for a long time. Got some uh, great stories to tell, which I'm sure we'll get into. And um, yeah, some so- cool stuff that's going to be hopefully happening in the future. So 100% for sure. Around. So Tommy, obviously you're involved with us at Colour Plane um, in a small capacity, but so what do you do outside of that? What's your full-time job? Yeah, I'm a, currently a listed player at the Collingwood Football Club. So um, yeah, I guess playing AFL football is my my full-time job, which, um, yeah, very blessed to be able to do. And um, I love it. It's my, uh, depending on how you look at it, it's either my fourth year or fourth and a half. Kind of started in the middle of a season there somewhere. But, um, yeah, so I've been been at it for a little while now, um, which is great. I'm about to start season 2023 and really looking forward to it. Massive, mate. Yeah, absolutely. So, essentially, Tom has come on board with us right at the beginning and he's come in as a silent partner. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, we're going to define that it's a bit of an unusual partnership. But yeah. So I think essentially Tom has ownership in Color Plan, so he's a shareholder. But I suppose he's not a director in the sense that he would make decisions on a day-to-day basis of um, how the business operates. And I suppose that's for me and Jesse to do. And uh, Tom, I suppose at the moment, just with his time commitment to AFL football is more of a support network, I guess, for me and Jesse. Um, so I think silent partner, that's probably the best definition yeah, that I would give. Definitely. And I think, you know, for those listening that are running businesses and perhaps taking on investments, it's, it's one, you know, this has really worked well for us because I think Jack and I working here full time, you know, really make a lot of decisions. Tom's happy to make an investment with us and live by those decisions that we make. Mm. Um, you know, some investors do come in and want to have, some power and authority and decisions, but as Tom's, you know, rather time poor with these full-time commitments, this is the agreement. Yeah. And I suppose that's where our relationship and, you know, our friendship with Tom comes in huge is Tom knows us like the back of, back of his hand where we're like brothers. So there's a lot of trust built in from both ends there on you know, Tom's behalf and, and our behalf. So yeah, I mean, for us, it's been incredible to have someone, come in and back us before we even really have anything to show for it. It was just based on the idea really that Tom, you came in and said, I believe what you guys are doing. And for us that, that went, you know, so far and getting us started and even just, you know, giving us a confidence boost that this is possible and we are on this journey um, together. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever said that to you directly, Tom, I probably added it, but to make it really known publicly is you supported us before we had a product, a manufacturer, a website. We still don't. <laughs> that's unfortunate <laughs> just pretty pretty much everything you know yeah. social media and i think when it's funny we've said before on this podcast that sometimes it just takes one person to back mm. you in regardless mm. of that's your best friend or a random person mm. doesn't matter and, and i i really remember how confident i felt it's a very daunting place to be when you first start mm. isn't it yeah it is yeah but yeah i think you know back to the confidence like just knowing that someone believes in you and you know, su- supporting us and um, yeah, it's just gone so far and, and helping us kind of get this started and get off the ground. And Tom, you've been incredible with, you know, providing resources where you can so far. So we thank you for that. And uh, we only hope that, 
you know, your commitments uh, will grow in the future um, as you navigate football and, you know, after football. And so, yeah, we're, we're excited to, to see where it all leads. Were you nervous, Tommy, backing us in early days? Um, yeah, I was just obviously having thoughts, hearing you guys say some of that for the first time. Um, and I think, I guess, sort of to take the smoke and mirrors out of it or whatever, like, obviously I was backing in something that we hadn't done before, but in the same time you both have built up some pretty incredible real real life and real world experience obviously what you did at push pull jess and then what you were able to do at blank earth um so i think probably for the listeners out there it's not as if like two mates got together and they came to me and asked um you know would you be um you know willing to be a part of it or whatever so so you guys did have a lot of real world experience which um to your original question was i nervous um, I can't say it's an emotion I really felt um, going into it. A lot of excitement um, was evoked from me throughout the whole process. And, um, yeah, when I think about those early days, yeah, that's all I really think about. It's a really exciting time. And um, as we talk about when we spoke about our friendship and um, I guess where that goes and where that takes us. But, um, yeah, in a, in a sense, yeah, the, the work you guys had done beforehand, mm-hmm. um, I guess, gave me a lot of confidence Mm, I appreciate that. It was a real no-brainer for Jack and I, Tommy. You know, I think especially from your fashion background. You know, if if Jack and I are being honest with each other, sometimes we uh <laughs> we have to look at what you're wearing and follow suit. To be honest, <laughs> you are I reckon one of the the most fashionable guys in sport in in Australia. To be honest, um, I say that as I'm looking at your Travis Scotts and your Supreme socks, your Kid t-shirt, babe watch. Anyway, uh, list goes on, but. Tell us about like, where did all this, this like passion come from? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I actually have, um, and yeah, probably the question before about was I nervous to join and stuff. That's probably a big reason why I did want to be a part of it. I have, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in the fashion industry um, and different aspects of it. Um, so that was a really sort of, I guess, eager part of me that wanted to sort of dive in and, and try something and, that was obviously a great opportunity and um, I don't know where it started. Like I, I have kind of reflected on it at times. Um, I think a lot of it comes from, I grew up playing basketball um, as did Jack, mm-hmm. Jesse, a little bit. Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Shit. But um, you might yeah, tell you I, think, I think those that know and like I guess in even in a broader sense, the wider community, but um, basketball for whatever reason, it's been like, it's just a sport that gravitates, I think, probably no better example than Jordan Brand. Mm. Um, you know, Jordan Brand went beyond the sport of basketball. I mean, the amount of people that own a pair of Jordan shoes that aren't a basketball fan or yeah. have never watched a basketball game. Um, you know, I think it comes from that. I remember um, probably my first love was like shoes and sneakers. That was like my, my biggest obsession. Um, and like when I was playing footy, footy boots, um, when I was playing cricket, like what cricket bat did I have? Um, for whatever reason, I've always just really valued that stuff um whether it's important or not that's probably <laughs> another story but um yeah it probably come from that just like my background in in basketball and then i think as i've gotten older i've started to bec- realize i guess that actually my mum has a really good sense of fashion um shout out to michelle yeah Thank shout you. out to michelle to mum um yeah as i've gotten older i've kind of realized that i get a lot of i guess my interests and um yeah I guess ambitions toward clothing, custom, which is cool. That's very special. 
Mm. I, I wanted to quickly double down there on your sneaker collection. Yeah. You've been pretty modest about it. What, what, it's, do you want to explain what's in that rotation? There's a, there's, it's, it's growing and evolving. Um, I've actually been getting rid of a few pairs, which is something I never thought I would actually do. Not plugging your default right now. We'll just chuck his default. Yeah, if anyone wants to get on there, there's a few pairs. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's actually a funny, like I always thought I was like, oh, I'd never sell like parts of my collection. But as you grow older and things change and you value things differently. But yeah, I'm fortunate enough to um, have a lot of sneakers, mainly, mainly Nike. And um, I guess through my journey, I'm lucky enough to have met some people who I guess are able to make these sneakers that are probably, you know, not that accessible for other people. I'm very, very lucky that I'm able to get my hands on them. Um, so yeah. And as I said before, like sneakers are probably my first love. So it's cool. It's something I still, yeah, obsess about. And yeah, if I see something I like, I'll no doubt I'll try and get it. Love that. I just want to interject quickly. Obviously for the audience, you'd be able to, you'd be able to see that Tom is extremely passionate about, like fashion and sneakers and I suppose our world, you know, being clothing as a whole, which I just want to make really clear to everyone that it wasn't like we just took Tom on as an investor because he had a financial, you know, f- f- money to give. It was more so, you know, for me and Jesse, a big principle is we want people to be aligned with values and passions and everything too. So I think it's really important for, you know, people out there to think about that as well as like you, you want to make sure that, if you are bringing on investors that you do align because we do see Tom, you know, playing a big role down the line. And so I think it's important for people to, to really think about that because, you know, we definitely don't take these decisions lightly. So bringing someone on like, like Tom, you know, he ticked a lot of boxes in a lot of different areas. Yeah. yeah. On that, Jack, and, you know, off the back of what you said of how we don't take this stuff lightly, I think there was one investor that comes to mind. He was actually a young kid. He'd saved up a lot of money. Um, you know, we're in the vicinity of around $50,000 you want to invest. As we are transparent, we do speak dollar figures. And I, I think you and I put put two and two together and realized you didn't have many skills outside of that financial sort of outlay. Mm. And mm-hmm. we, we just realized that, you know, other than that initial money, that there was not much to be gained. Yeah. And somewhat the opposite with Tom. We, we're really bullish on the future with him and yeah. having him involved in different capacities here. Correct. So, yeah, for those listening, I think money talks and it's exciting when, you know, you see dollar figures, but that can sometimes almost overshadow the other skills that are mm. most of the time more valuable than just that dollar figure. Mm. Tommy, I want to jump into, you've had a pretty incredible story. Um in sport and I think just more generally speaking in life, you've lived in, you know, various countries around the world, played professional, different professional sports, which not many people do. Um, I'd love you to maybe just touch on quickly kind of your background and I guess your sporting journey because it'll just give context to this this next uh, conversation we're about to have. Don't be modest, Tom. Give, yeah. a, give us the full <laughs> resume. This, um, this is a safe place. I'm going to pull you off yeah. if you don't. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess where do I start? I, I grew up um, in Melbourne, uh, in, in Sandringham. So, um, yeah, grew up there and uh, have a brother who's three years older and his name's Jack. Um, and pretty much from as long as I can remember, anything he was doing, I was going to try and do. And um, amazing, oh, very fortunate to have two parents um, who went above and beyond for me and Jack and um, – we just never went without if we wanted to try something, um, you know, whatever, like we did karate as kids, like we did everything, um, you know, all kinds of different sports and 
um, mum and dad were really big on, yeah, you try everything and then you find out what you like. Mm. And then if you want to keep going, then we'll keep going. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, as a kid, that's got a, kind of my sports sense and then um, just grew up, like, I was obsessed with sport. I just loved, like, as I said before, footy, basketball, cricket. They were sort of three sports I played growing up. Um, yeah, made a few rep teams when I was younger and then um, by the time I was 16, um, you know, I'd, I'd made Victorian teams and whatever else and um, I was lucky enough that I got offered a scholarship to go play basketball at the AIS um which is something that from the time i was 10 i'd wanted to go and do which is where you know you go live up in canberra at the as and you know you're basically there to be a full-time athlete and you're essentially studying how to play basketball really <laughs> um going to school was basically like a side job um so yeah i did dream. that and um yeah at the same time i i also was a part of the as football academy so um yeah, sort of those early teen years for me, basketball and footy um, kind of took off. And I guess, um, as a lot of people know, those sports have similarities that have benefits. And um, yeah, they both sort of took off for me. And um, yeah, I was faced with a choice, decided to go to the AS and um, spent two years of my life up there, living up there when I was 16. So I left home uh, when I was 15, did year 11 and 12 up in Canberra with 12 other 12 of, the, of my closest mates at the time um, and we all lived up there and eat, sleep, live basketball basically right. seven days a week. Um, so I did that for two years and then um, was lucky enough to go to college in the US, um, spent a year at college um, over there in America in Dallas, Texas at a school called SMU and then from there signed my first professional deal in Europe. So Serbia? I was 19, signed my first deal and uh, went to live in Serbia. So, um, yeah, I guess pretty unbelievable experience uh, moving to a country where, um, yeah, there's not much English. There's definitely not much tourism. So, obviously, for a European country, um, you know, they didn't have much tourism. So, not much reason really to speak English outside of their first language. So, yeah, that, that was a huge um, growth period for me and – as I get older and I reflect more and more, um, yeah, it was just like an amazing time in my life, um, but a very difficult time, mind you, um, but really thankful for that experience and, and what it taught me about myself. Mm. I think probably probably more, that's probably the key takeaway I think mm. I take out of it and a lot of things are going to happen in your life that are outside of your control and um, not necessarily within uh, I guess it doesn't really matter how you respond to that situation. Um, you're not really going to be able to impact it the way you want. So yeah, I, was, I did that. Um, spent a year of my life in Serbia, which is pretty crazy. Um, is cra- on I your would, own? Yeah, on my own, living on my own. Food's different. Uh, everything's yeah. different. The water tastes different. Like it's, you know, it's the small things that, you know, if you're going to pick up your life and go move somewhere, you never mm-hmm. think about what's the water like coming out of the tap yeah. or, you know, so it's just, yeah. And at, at 19, um, I can still remember when yeah. I was actually in the States and we'd be FaceTiming and you'd yeah. be in Serbia yeah. and you'd just be telling me all about it and I was just like yeah. mind blown. Yeah. Like, what do you mean yeah. the guy downstairs like yeah. doesn't understand English? Like you can't order breakfast. Like yeah. it sounded like you were just kind of bouncing from nah. the stadium and to your place. And That's it. Yeah, we're doing um, – <laughs> I remember like for those that know basketball, like a tour day is like a yeah. term where you train twice in one day. So, you, you know, typically you rock up in the morning and you go back at night um and 
Serbia and the Baltic region and Yugoslavia is like kind of known for even within I guess Olympic sports like their ability to train and they'll just work you over like just mm. train and train and that was in pre-season we did 18 sessions 18 days in a row sorry of two a days which is just like 18 days in a row without a day off <laughs> yeah. it's just like insane um yeah but an amazing time of life and yeah I guess to give context to that with the English and stuff like if I didn't speak to someone on FaceTime or whatever, like I could go two or three days without having a conversation like quite yeah. easily. Yeah. I'd go down. There was one guy I met, um, funnily enough, who I still speak to um, on WhatsApp. Um, but yeah, he owned a little pasta shop kind of just under my apartment building. And he was the only person I would really have conversations with. It's wow. Insane. My teammates obviously spoke English, but um, mm. yeah, outside of yeah the sport to get a break from it, he yeah. was the only guy. Especially yeah. at 19, like far out you know like comes fresh out of school and out of australia where everyone you know it's all happening and then you're sure. just having one chat with the pastor guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well yeah and I, as well like we can see that obviously in you now just how like mature you are and how you carry yourself i think that time of your life's got a lot to say for for that growth and you know that you've seen over the last few years and obviously coming back and playing professionally back here in australia as well mm-hmm. and then making the move to to professional footy um which yeah, is a pretty pretty remarkable story in itself. So, yeah, I mean, you don't have to touch on that. I'm sure people, yeah. I'm sure people know, and you probably speak enough about about all yeah. that stuff. But yeah. I suppose from that, you know, we really want to. Obviously, you you know you're, you're a pro sportsman, and it's pretty full on, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, and so we want to kind of open that up and you know ask you a few questions, like in terms of doing things outside of sport when you're in it. Like, are there many guys that you know, explore, you know, business or other projects outside of being a professional sportsman, um, sportswoman? Yeah, I think it's um, it's something that's probably like evolving, but it's it's also, um, I find like when we talk about, you know, AFL players, for example, like it's very um, grouped in into like one category. And, and at the end of the day, everyone's different. So... Um, some guys might want to focus on these things. Some guys don't kind of thing, but yeah, there's, and I think that's like, I've always said, like, I think an AFL club is like just, although, you know, obviously high performing athletes and part of a very privileged part of society, um, we are at the same time a a reflection of society. You know, we're the reflection of 18 to 35 year old males, like, Mm. you know, pretty similar, give or take. So, yeah, you see guys definitely delve into stuff. Um, I've definitely seen some guys have businesses, start businesses. Some guys have done cafes, um, clothing. Um, and then, like, some guys are doing some really high-end stuff where they walk out of the game and they walk straight into a mm. you know, firm that they've um, started or whatever that may be. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a part of it. Is that tough? Like, I can only imagine, you know, putting your whole life and energy into a sport. Like, how do you have, find the time to run a side hustle? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I mean, like I personally, like I'm I'm still studying at the moment, doing uh, a sports business degree, um, and it is. But I think what uh, has become, I guess, a great education tool for a lot of guys, and and seeing guys that have done, gone off and do, I guess, side hustles successfully is the piece they take away from that, and then um, how that sort of translates hand in hand with their performance and. I guess it, it gives you a more rounded um, view and approach on life to say, um, you know, if you have a bad game or bad week at training or whatever and you've still got something that you're, 
working a mm, way out. You got that outlet on the side. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's a great balancer um, for you to be able to do that. But yeah, like obviously, there's also barriers to that as well. You know, if you if you're a young guy, you're trying to make your way, you're trying to figure out how do I even get a game. Yeah. So you know, probably like that young kid's not going to think about like, oh, what am I doing out? Like, you know, I think there's something to be said about like having a plan B, but at the same time having no res- reservations about going to trying to achieve what you're after. Mm. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's one of those ones you put all your eggs in the same basket or you do not. Um, and I guess that's up to each person to figure out. Do you think that's something that guys struggle with at the club or just in general in, in sport? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Like obviously, yeah, sports are very consuming um, industry to be involved in. And I, I think as athletes, like you're very – we're just selfish like with our time it's just and it's not i don't say that in a bad sense but if you're an athlete and you're driven and you want to get better like you're thinking about you and how do you get the best out of yourself to like you know your career you know if you have a great career it's 15 years how do you maximize that 15 years that time of mm-hmm. what you've got um so everything you know if you're if really determined like you're going to structure everything around all right i'm going to get everything out of this 15 years or and as i said everyone everyone views that differently but um yeah it the time constraints around it is i think as i've gotten older i think it's like if you're lucky enough to find a passion or or um yeah there's something else that you enjoy doing and you you'll find you'll find a way to make it work for you Mm. in some capacity i think that's probably and for me like i think like we met with a one of my teammates this morning um just about you know his passions and where that lies and sort of connected with color plane and um yeah he's saying like he's only he's only young so and he's already thinking about that stuff so yeah it's very case by case i'd say i I feel like it's really interesting because you know using you as a bit of a case study and i mean jack and i played a lot of sport growing up too it's almost this societal concept where you know sports like the most valued thing i feel like you get a lot of pat on the back so you're good at sport jack and i were and as well as yourself actually all lucky to get sporting scholarships i think you know they're incredibly big sort of shifts in our life positive shifts but i also think sometimes there's a bit of an imbalance because i don't think there's enough value on like the creative industry and the creative arts mm. you know the the kids that are doing music or or pottery or woodwork they don't seem to get the same pats on the back mm. and i think they're equally special pursuits yeah tom from your perspective someone that's you know captain australian basketball and done all these incredible things what's your take on that yeah i think like i guess getting back to when we first started like my interest with fashion and stuff like that like i would in school if i was to do like a textile class or something it'd almost be like what's this guy doing like yeah, what's yeah. he doing like a textile but like i look back now i'm like oh i wish i did something like that i wish i dipped my toes into and you know that's the beauty of hindsight obviously but um yeah there's no classes that you take in school that are like and i think it there is a fine line between obviously um teaching kids to or people to you know chase what their their dreams are and obviously understanding like a core set of values or like being able to like these are certain things you're going to need to execute throughout life but yeah i think it's like i mean i can only speak that i would have loved to have been a part of more of that stuff mm. as, a, as a kid in my i think it would have op- opened my my eyes in a broader sense and mm. probably make make me realize a bit earlier that you know there's more to life than sport as well mm. Yeah, a great answer. And I, I think for me, something I reflect on is almost the uh, the sort of structure of school sometimes suppresses some of those things. Like 
for me, I, I remember taking year nine photography and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was learning the rule of thirds and all these little things. I was like, whoa, there's like actual principles behind photography. And I, I was really connected to it. Um, but then I realized the sporty cool kids don't do that. And they, you know, they play a lot of sport and they don't bring cameras around with them and stuff like that. So I, I think that's where my sort of qualm is with mm. this, the current structure today. I think it actually fully goes almost the opposite way. It suppresses a lot of those interests. Mm. Um, I think I think technology and social media is doing a lot of good things though to reverse that, you know, in terms of, you know, you've got creators and YouTubers, there's some of the most popular sought after people on the planet these days, you know, mm. maybe more so than sports people that kind of always have been on that pedestal, I guess. So it is cool to see it, the, the landscape shifting. Yeah, I hope so. Sense. And I hope we see a shift. Yeah, and I think, you know, people are realising that even if it's something like COVID to make people realise that sport isn't everything, you know, in life. And there's a lot of other things, um, you know, in, in this life. And so it, it pays to have different skill sets and be interested in different things as well. So um, just to conclude that is like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not here to shit on sport. Like none of us would be in the positions we're in, like no, nowhere near. Yeah. And I think there's only positive things to be said about sport. I just always look at the scales and balance. And I just think, there's a lot to learn from, you know, woodwork, textiles, mm. all those external kind of mm. subjects that get left. Tommy, you have invested in another company previous to ours. Let, what were your experiences with that and maybe some, some key learnings or, yeah, there? Yeah, so I, I invested um, in with another friend actually, so um, who we all, we all went to school together, us four. I guess, I don't know if we said that at the start, but we all... Self, Jack and Jesse went to school together. Did, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for giving the introduction. <laughs> but um, yeah. Just get you on more often. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, so I um, he came to me with, with an idea and um, I guess in the at, at the start of it, I was a believer in, in what he was trying to do and I thought there was real value in, in what he was going to bring. And I actually asked him, um, I said, oh, how would it look, you know, if I was to be a part of it? Like, and um, he was pretty blown away with that. And then, um, yeah, as you do, like those com- conversations escalate. And then, yeah, um, I guess fairly similar to what I did here. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, I was a silent partner in, in his business and his endeavors. And um, yeah, basically for the last, I think that was probably four years ago, mm. roughly, give or take. Um, so yeah, I invested in with him and uh, really believed in his vision and, and what he was doing and everything. Um, and it was just a really exciting time to be a part of um, something that I thought could really add a lot of value. So um, yeah, I guess as we sit here today, like you, you go through those ups and downs and, and you experience um, the excitement of starting a startup. And, you know, I guess as everyone does, like you, you do weigh up the pros and the cons, but when you start, I think, for me, at least, like when you're starting a startup, like who doesn't have like the rose-colored glasses on? And like, if you if that if you don't feel like that going into it, then like, I don't know. Yeah. I would feel like that you know probably not worthwhile doing it. Like yeah. you, you mm. should believe. You almost it. have to have those. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Should believe like, and obviously there's levels like you know you know you don't want to be um, foolish about it and yeah. just say like oh we're going to work no matter what. Like you have to put in the work and um, so yeah, it's had had some challenges. Um, definitely it's, and it's in a rough patch at the moment. Did, so, Did you find that that experience opened your mind up a lot and maybe you, you learn a lot through that experience? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and just like fascinating to see, yeah, I think I mentioned before it's in, it's in technology. So 
fascinating to see. I mean, I'm I'm not a great tech person, so just the background work that goes into building out an app, building out a website and all these sorts of things and talking with developers in different countries. And mm. um, yeah, I think I definitely have always had an interest in business. Um, not to say that I'm like a business wizard or anything, but just in terms of like, um, yeah, I guess even like with fashion, I, I mean, I enjoy, um, I guess the business side of it and how things work and stuff like that. So yeah, it was definitely, it was an awesome learning experience for me and, um yeah i was 20 at the time mm-hmm. 25 now so yeah yeah it was, it was a great great learning curve and um yeah i think to touch on that i guess just quickly but we met with a guy who also was lucky enough he's a um i guess he, he went to our school his name's henry jones mm. um what do you call that a mentor alumni yeah yeah alumni. yeah he graduated from the school that we went to many mm. years before us um and i was lucky enough to come to a meeting with jack and jess and we sat down with him and yeah he was a mentor as the boy said and gave us some advice and this was only just recently um and the one thing he he said a lot of great things but the one thing i took out of it he said you know i think starting a business with friends is great he's Mm -hmm. like you know a lot of people say don't do it whatever and and that's up to each every every person obviously but the one thing he said was um you have to decide with this business does your friendship come first or does the business come first? And he said, he's got his finger in a few different pies and he said, you know, it's different in each situation. But um, I think for that one, for me, that was pretty clear. Like my friendship was going to come first and um, I'm saying this for the first time on wax. I think our friendship comes first. <laughs> yeah, it, does, but, um, it does. Does it? No. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. Anyway, we'll find out and the knives come out. But uh, yeah, I... Yeah, to bring Henry up, like he was awesome to us, and yeah. that that was the one thing that stuck with me. Um, mm. Yeah, if, and my friendships have—I've always held them, um, I guess, closer than my heart than, than anything else. So, yeah, unreal, man. Yeah, mentors in business, like wow, we can never speak enough about that. And I think our friendship at large—it's mm. special, you know. And we spoke a bit about it on this potty yep. about you know the pros and cons of going to business with friends. Mm. You know, you don't date every person you meet you don't become best friends with everyone so you in in this sense you have to be very selective correct um i think we've done you know to this date an incredible job yeah and well we we've known each other for a long time right like it's not like we've just jumped into this out of a whim like we know the strengths and things that each other are bringing and so i think that's what makes you know us such a good uh dynamic and team together and tommy we're, we're super excited to you know see just you know, how far we can take this thing and kind of what your role looks like down down the road. And um, yeah, obviously just taking it day by day at the moment with so many things going on, but it, it is exciting to, to think about that. What I, what I love about you, Tom, is like, you know, we could have a really rough day where we, you know, a few things might not go our way. And then we have days where we sign up lots of new people and, you know, we get really excited. But you always stay a really nice, consistent, you know, disposition on it, on every situation. And that's just... I think for us, because we're so involved in this, it's our life really, that when we come external to you, who's not in the day-to-day operations, it's it's probably the greatest thing. Yeah, it's nice to have like an outside perspective kind of come in. I think sometimes it kind of gets so caught up and then we speak to Tom and Tom's like, do you think about this? Or like just hits it so straight and we're like, oh yeah, like we were just too far in it mm-hmm. to, to see that. So we appreciate you for doing that up until this point and I'm sure it's only going to continue uh, knowing you. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, we, we had a couple. We had a couple of questions here. We didn't want to let you off Scott free being a good friend of ours. Um, so a few smiles, <laughs> few smiles, <laughs> a few tears, a few smiles. Yeah. Um, I think for me, Tommy, you know, 
and for the listener, just to for them to get a real feel for you. You know, you've had a, a girlfriend for eight years. And that, I find that in, that's just a, a very straight bad antic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, next one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Um, and you, you own a home. Uh, I, I say that as you know, you're, you're 25. You just, you come, you conduct yourself in a very mature manner. Um, and I think that's a testament to you. I think it rubs off on a lot of people around you. You're very calm, cool, collected, um, which I, you know, I just sort of repeated before, but yeah, I think I just want that listener to have that feel for you on a, on a deeper sense because, again, you're so you, – you probably never tell anyone those things about you. It's just like your sporting career. I knew we had to sort of strangle that out of you. <laughs> I, every, every week I found out a new thing about him that happened <laughs> 10 years ago in his sporting career and, and, and in life just in general. Question I had down here, Tommy. Um, looking a little bit down the road, but where do you see yourself in five years? Um. Good question. It's a great question. Uh, I think hopefully probably still playing footy. Um, I think that's probably I've made the transition from one sport to another, and um, it's definitely an extremely tough transition. It's not one that I found easy, and uh, I did it during a time during COVID, essentially, um, which, as everyone knows, like pretty much all stop sports stopped. So I think sports obviously a massive momentum thing. We're trying to gain momentum, and then. COVID comes and, um, you know, training stops for a few weeks or whatever and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think at the moment, like, I really have enjoyed playing footy and I feel like I've got a lot more to give. Um, for those that don't know, I, I basically missed the whole season last year, got injured in round six and had back surgery. So I spent, um, you know, the whole last part of the year, sorry, the whole year essentially, um, recovering from a back injury and, and I felt like I've, just started to find my my footing and i've been at it for a while with footy it hasn't hasn't come um that quick for me so um yeah i think in five years i'd love to keep i guess establishing myself as Mm. a football player and um it's something that i've i've actually really fallen in love with again um with playing footy which is um yeah something i reflect on you know quite a bit and it just I think it comes with everything, like it comes with the environment we're in and I'm at a place at the club now that I love being a part of. I've created some really, really close mates who, you know, I'd consider them, you know, my closest mates outside of the football club, which is, um, I don't know, it just makes it such an easy place to go in there now and really enjoy what I'm doing and and share those, I think it's, you know, we all live for shared experience and um, to share those experiences with with those guys is really cool. So, yeah, in in five years, I think definitely... um, hopefully still playing footy and um yeah i guess that's the interesting part about being an athlete you don't know how long you're gonna be able to do it for so i'll I'll, um obviously try and i think it's i think it's the best life you can live um speaking privilegedly like it's it's pretty unbelievable the lifestyle we have and the lifestyle we're able to attain and um so yeah i'll try and chase that for as long as i can so but you never know could end you know could end this year could end in two years could play for 10 so yeah you just got to I think as, yeah, as an athlete, you got to play by ear. Tommy, touching on friendships there, I think, you know, Jack and I have known you really, really closely for a long time. And I think we've both sp- spoke off air about this. We saw a large transition in you as a person, probably about a handful of years ago now. I think you became a lot more emotionally connected to your friendships. What do you attribute that to? And I guess to give the listener an understanding is like, Tom probably wasn't the type of person to say he, like, he loves you or anything like that. He's pretty 
you know, old fashioned mate, shake your hands, say good on you. But <laughs> Tom's now the first guy to give you a hug, first guy to send you the I love you text. Like, he's a very, very, you know, caring person. And not to say you weren't before, but there's just definitely been a transition. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's funny. I think, like, I'm sitting here and what, what's been the reason? It's like, I think you two guys have been the biggest reason for that. Um, I've told countless of people and if anyone's listening, they've probably heard me say this before, like, um, that like, yeah, my two of my closest mates, um, and it was probably around similar to COVID time, I guess, like a lot of people struggled. Um, and I guess your, your guys ability to, to share with me. Um, and like, I don't think it's not like as if you guys were sharing struggles or anything. It was just like this amazing ability to make each other feel so comfortable in, in our, in our presence and, um, I guess that just rubbed off on me. I, th- I think um, deep down, like I've always been a deeply caring and, and thoughtful person. Um, but yeah, just I guess being growing up like sport and stuff, like it, it was probably something I just, I was so driven to do it. Like it's probably something I never really thought about. And then I spent a lot of my life, sort of a lot of the years where um, you guys were forming like amazing friendships with our friendship group. I missed a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was probably that reflection I had before saying about, like, you know, athletes are very selfish. And I just realised a lot of my relationships was always, like, about me, and so, which was amazing. Like, people were asking me what I'm doing. But, like, you know, and, and it was probably my – a lot of things went – didn't go the way I thought they were going to go with sport. And it, and it sort of opened up my world. I was like, there's more going on. Um, yeah, and I just tried to delve into that. And then I guess the more you do, the more – and it just sort of has become who I am today but it's yeah i think to get back to i think you two guys are the biggest reason for that which is a pretty um yeah if you're you're lucky enough to have two mates like this it's um it's a really special feeling to have and um for me it's like it's it's not even like it was a choice it was just something that happened um organically within the relationships Mm. that we share which Mm. is cool sure i like that word i think it's a good place to finish and we we can't wait to to share this journey with you and we're so much happier that you know, we get to share, you know, this journey and color plan. Um, I think if we were doing it, you know, by ourselves or alone, it would be, you know, much different. So, yeah, I think, you know, sharing it with you, with your closest mates is something that's truly special. And Tommy, I think you've overtaken both of us in, <laughs> in that trade. I think, I think you're the strongest um, with, with that kind of thing now. So, uh, yeah, me and Jess got some catching up to do again. That's for sure. Much love, Tommy. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it.